Tyler's message this morning is, why do I need church? And as I look around this morning, I see these empty chairs, and there's people that knew I was going to preach this and didn't show up. So nonetheless, that's where we're at. I always think stuff like that. I know I'm wrong, but uh, you ever ask yourself that question? Why, why do I really need church? Why do I need to get up on Sunday morning and, and come here and uh, take my time and give my money and be a, be a part of this? And I, I think it's a question sometimes that, that we all ask ourselves, but I want to give you seven reasons today why you need church regularly. People amaze me sometimes, and I've asked people about church attendance, and I've had people tell me if they come every six weeks, they're a regular attender. Well, that's not, that's the, our de- definitions aren't, aren't, <laughs> aren't lining up to that, but I'm glad to see you, glad to see folks, but I just shouldn't see them a little more than that. And I think we understand that we live in an age that is crazy busy. We've, we've created this ourselves. And there are so many distractions out there that we can't begin to list them all. Now, I remember when my grandma, uh, when she was alive and I was a kid, and we talk about church. That was the big event on, on weekends. That was, the, that was the only thing that really there was to go to. And a lot of people would go. And I remember in a farming community, the farmers all had their Sunday bibs that they wore uh, to church. I thought that was, I'd like to see everybody wear bibs here. I'd like to have a, have a dress code, but I don't think that'd probably fly, but everybody looked the same. But nonetheless, um, things have changed. And there are so many things that vie for our attention on Sunday mornings outside of this and other than that. And maybe if you stayed out late, uh, sometimes you just like to roll over and go back to sleep. And here's the problem with missing church. Because after a while, you get out of the habit. You miss one week and then maybe two. And the longer that we stay away from the body of Christ and the the preaching of the word and the worship, the more it gives your old nature a chance to take back a hold of you. And then the old nature starts to whisper. And then, you know, we we say we fight the world of flesh and the devil, but then Satan kind of gets in there. Man, you don't need church. You don't need, won't won't you sleep in? Why don't this morning... Let's get up early, go to Terre Haute and eat breakfast, and then we'll go to the Covered Bridge Festival. You think, you think any of these people, these chairs empty? I'm not ragging on them. I'm just telling you that it, it is what it is, and we, we set our priorities in life. And I realize there are things that vacations happen, uh, things happen in our lives. We miss church. But missing church should not be the norm. If you don't get anything else out of this morning, I want you to take that home with you. That missing church should not be the norm. It should be the exception. Because it is the local church where Christ promises to walk in the midst of his people and bless them by speaking to them and ministering to them in a very real and special way. And you realize that for us as a group, this is the only time that we can be Jesus to each other. It's the only time. We might see each other out on the street, but as far as being Christ to one another, it really happens here. So I think about this message this morning. It's for those who have been redeemed that have called Crossroads home, and it's also for those that are uh, really wondering about church membership and where to to settle down, actually. In Luke chapter 5, verses 27 and 32, we see the calling of Levi, which is Matthew, and Jesus declaring who needs him the most and why. 
Later, as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax collection booth. Come be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. That was that day's IRS. And how much do we love the IRS? Who rushes to the mailbox every day to see if there's a letter as a, from an audit from the IRS? Now, that's not who we are. That's, but it, people hated them. People hated, especially the Jews, they hated tax collectors. They were taking their money and giving it to the Romans. But nonetheless, that, that's who this person is. Soon Levi had a banquet in his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests were there. But the Pharisees and their teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples. Why do you eat and drink with such scum? Jesus answered them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I have come to call sinners to turn from their sins, not to spend my time with those who think they are already good enough. Why do you eat and drink with such scum? The 14 years Diana and I was up north, on occasion I would receive anonymous letters. Anybody ever get an anonymous letter? Do you read it? Since I've been here, I've only got a couple, but up there, there were, there were, uh, there were more, a little more frequent. Um, some of the language in them couldn't be shared at church, but nonetheless. But uh, the best one I got, it, 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 I should have saved it. It ranked way above all the rest of it. Started out, dear pastor, why do you have coffee with sinners? Why do you hang out with sinners? You should be hanging out with church people. Duh. What, what we just read in that scripture? Who Jesus hang out with? That, that, that's the point. It, it was funny. I knew this guy's handwriting. I knew who it was. But here's the deal. Here's what I thought about. is going down all your names on the membership list and on our rolls and on a weekly basis sending two of you an anonymous letter every week. I think it would be a good idea. I'm not going to sign it. You'll probably know who it's from, especially if it's my printing. But nonetheless, it, gee whiz, it just blew me away. Why do you eat and drink with such scum? There's tons of messages in that one verse, but I'm not going to go into that this morning. But it's just the point of how some people see other people, especially religious leaders. Notice he said, for those who think they are good enough. He was looking right down into the Pharisee's heart. See, Christ, if, if we met Christ today in the flesh, when he looked at us, we could say all manner of things, but he would know the truth. He could look right down into somebody's heart, and that's what he was doing with the Pharisees. They didn't need Jesus. They had themselves. They, they, didn't, they didn't need Christ because they had each other. And besides that, their philosophy was so full of themselves that they, they didn't need anybody else because they had become gods themselves in their own eyes was the problem. So Jesus says, who he came for, those who realize their need of a Savior, those who realize that they cannot save themselves from their sins. Verse 31, Jesus sets the stage for the message about today. This is an amazing passage right here. In the Greek, the verb noceo is used for sick, and it means sick in the mind. It, it's, not, it's not a physical sickness. It, it, it's mental. The adverb form kakos means evilly ill and is used with the Greek word echo to have a hold on. So, in the original language that the New Testament was written, this is what Jesus is saying. I have come for the sick in the mind that evil has a hold on. That was the point. Remember, Jesus is called the great physician. 
first part of Jesus' answer was from a common proverb on the healthy and the sick when Jesus said, those who are well have no need of a physician. The physician's waiting room is filled with those who are sick. They recognize their need and come to the one who can make them well. And that is who we live to minister to. We don't, we don't, there's, there's no use to go to somebody that already thinks they got it all together and they're well. As God leads us into people's lives, we'll find those that, that are seeking something, that need help, that need a savior, that need healed. And there, there are others that will keep us at arm length and say, you know what, I don't, go sell crazy somewhere else. I don't want none of this. And, and that's what you and I run up against in life, but praise God for the open doors, the one that realized that. It's like Jesus said, they realize that they need a Savior. The Pharisees were appalled that Jesus ate with sinners and outcasts because they had elevated themselves through their principles and position to drive a wedge between between God's law and common people that you had to meet their certain standards or you wasn't worthy. But no human can block God's grace and love and forgiveness. They are available to all. Jesus carries the proverb a step further and explained his messianic mission. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. The word righteous was used ironically referring to those who think they are righteous, like these religious leaders who dared question Jesus' choice of dinner's companions. Jesus was saying, I am here because these are the people who realize their need and welcome me. We read in the New Testament how Jesus healed a lot of different people physically. Raise somebody, raise people from the dead. But he also realized that not everybody was physically ill, but everybody was sick in the mind. They needed Christ to come in and to save them. And Christ gave them an offer how to find the salvation that they sought. And after finding this great salvation, we come or should come to Jesus' waiting room for a weekly checkup for a spiritual examination of our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And that's my argument this morning is our big idea. Fight with all your might to attend church weekly. I'll provide seven principles. Why? Here's the first one. Come to church for the sake of your heart. You was bought with the precious blood of Christ. And and as we come into the kingdom, there there should be a, a, a desire for us to learn what's in the Word of God. And that's hopefully what we do here, and you pick that up. So for the sake of your heart, a lot of times... A lot of folks that go to church, the only time they have any experience or even get even close to this is here. So let's say that's you, and I'm not pointing fingers because I'd point at myself sometimes. But let's say on Sundays is the only time you ever hear Scripture read or even read it yourself. So you, you get a little bit. And it's through that word that God can come in and change our lives and hopefully give you desire to get into this yourself. But let's say you don't. So let's say that all you get is, is a little bit on Sunday morning. Well, you start missing, you're not going to get any. That is the point. For the sake of your heart, attend church to be fed God's word through the preaching and hear Christ, what he has to say to you. Because at least for an hour, hour and ten minutes, he has our attention. We leave this place, we get in our cars, we, we plug in the music, or, or, or whatever we do, we lose that. But at least for an hour, unless you're asleep, God has a chance to at least speak, speak to our hearts. 
Secondly, fight to come to church for the sake of your congregation, your spiritual family. I hope you love each other. I, I hope you look around and, and you see people that you, would, you, you, you love tremendously, and you're always happy to see them. And a part of you thinks, man, I'd like to see these people at least once or twice more a week. But we, we don't do anything about it usually because we're busy. It's the point. You know, family, this is the family of God. And I, I know some of you do family worship is a great thing. And some people listen to sermons online, and that's a great thing as well. But it's not the same as being here with, together as our hearts kind of hopefully melt together as we minister as a body of the Christ to each other. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. It talks about the church staying strong and, and tells why, how to do that. Without wavering, let us hold tightly to the hope we say we have, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Do you say you have hope? I like the way that puts that. Without wavering, without moving, without being swayed, let us hold tightly to the hope that we say that we have. Well, if we have that hope, it will come out in our lives, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Think of ways to encourage one another to outbursts of love and good deeds. When's the last time you did that? Encourage somebody through outbursts of love and good deeds. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage and warn each other, especially now that the day of his coming back again is drawing near. Every second, every minute that ticks off the clock, every hour, every day, every month, every year, every decade, every time that clock ticks, it's just another tick closer to when Christ comes back. Why should we fight for church attendance? Thirdly, for the sake of your leadership. You guys might not realize this, but there's going to be one day, and we've talked about the Bema seat in here before the judgment seat of Christ, well, pastors have another, another deal going on because I will stand before my Lord and give an account on how I pastored you, and I won't be able to get out of it. Doesn't matter. The fact is, as your pastor, and as we think about the other guys here, it was Steve and Kurt, and when Pastor Jeff was here, we, we, we were the pastors, and Carrie's a pastor, and we care about you a lot. We watch over you. We pray for you. It pains us when you hurt. You might not know that. But when you miss church, we miss you a lot. <laughs> you don't think we do because so many people come here. It's hard to keep track of folks, but I, I miss you when you're not here. And as a regular pastor would say, if you're going to miss church, send your tithes and offerings because we've got to keep the lights on in this place. Just had to throw that in. I, I needed to say that, actually. It's like them TV preachers. Keep those cards and letters coming. So uh, it's a fact. It is what it is. But, man, I, I don't care so much. I, I just want to see. I, I'm, just, I'm just glad you're here. Number four, why should I come to church for the sake of your temptability? You know, the enemy, he has put all this in the world for us to choose from. You know, like I said, my grandma's age, the church was it, but now there's a million things to do on Sundays. People don't, businesses don't close, and there's all kinds of activities going on, and, and it is it easy. So it, it's out there. So, so don't, don't isolate yourself. And you know, I've said that before, is how a pride of lions work, that they separate a weak or lonely animal, and then they eat it, actually. And that's what Satan 
does as well. So you need to be with the herd. I like that word, herd. But anyhow, that's uh, for the sake of your temptability, it keeps you stronger in Christ. Why should you come to church number five for the sake of your witness? I know in the beginning, I, I, I hope it still happens, but there were a lot of people because this, this, this was something new, that it was, it, was, it was alive, it was fresh, and people took ownership. They took so much ownership out that they would go where they worked and out in the community and say, hey, you need to come to Crossroads. we got a great church going on there. You have to see this pastor because he's about half goofy. But nonetheless, you, you understand what I'm saying? There, there was a draw that people were excited about it. And I think as the years go by, that, that wanes a little bit and it gets... It, it gets a little less. If you tell people that you've got a great church, you, you better be here every once in a while. It's hard to say, well, I, I, I want you to come to church. I usually go about every two months, and it's about my time to go, so I want you to come. What, what a terrible witness that is. Don't, you, you'd be about better off not to say anything, actually. For the sake of your witness, being active in church is... Uh, it helps the Holy Spirit give you ideas on how to serve Christ in your culture. I ran across this clip, and I thought it was cool about what to do maybe in your culture to get a little closer to people. Let's watch. Get the point. It's just 
doing life, actually. Making connections. Church is a huge witness for children. Do you want your kids to be active in church and grow up? Simple question. I'll guarantee you, if church is not important to you and you're hit and miss, when they get old, so what's the use? My parents didn't say it was important. Why should I? And I love you guys with all my heart. And things, sometimes you just have to say stuff. And I've said this before. My biggest concern is when you're gone a lot, and especially when there's sports involved. I love sports. My biggest concern is that you're teaching those kids that sports is a lot more important than God and church. That's my, it's just my opinion. It's my concern as your pastor. So I've said this before, when you are out, make room for God in that weekend. I don't care if it's a passage of scripture and you, dad, them hearing you pray and saying, God is important for us and church is important and we will get back. You, you need to do that, otherwise, it, you, you are sending a huge message that it's not important. And that's, as old Forrest Gump would say, that's all I got to say about that. Number six, why should I attend church for the sake of your conscience? Would you say that you are a person of integrity and character? I think on face value, most of us would admit that because we would hate to admit what we were if we weren't. Those of you that have gone through one-on-one, if you remember, at the end of that time, you made a commitment and a vow to God and to Crossroads that you would be a faithful attender. You, you go for the sake of your conscience so you can have a clean, clear conscience. That is the point behind that. And here's the thing I'd like to say as well. I, I, we pray about this. I talk about this incessantly in staff, about staying alive. I want church to be something you enjoy. I don't want it to be like pulling teeth or going to, to the doctor, getting an injection. And I pray that, I pray that we do that here. It's, it's a constant thing in my mind and my heart that we, we make it alive and, and relevant, if you will. I don't know where you're at in your spiritual walk, but when we make vows and commitments to God, we need to keep them. Why should you come to church? Number seven is the last one. For the sake of your Savior. So I'd say to you, dear child of God, whom the Father sent his Son to redeem, Christ is present here, and he walks among us, and he comes to be with us in corporate worship. So every week he sends you this invitation, personal invitation, come to my house on Sunday morning, be a part of the family, worship together, listen to my word, and go in peace. That, uh, will you turn that down? You say, you know what, God, I don't, I don't want part of it. I, I can worship. I can do it on TV. Well, you can, and it's good, but it's not the same. It's not the same as being committed to a local body where, like I said, we all, we all need each other. And another thing Jesus asks us to do two things. Really, it's the only two things that, that he asks us. He asks us to take communion together to remember his death and his resurrection. You can't do that if you're not here. I suppose you can at home. 
It's not the same as with the body. And he asked us to be baptized, which we're going to have a baptism at the end of this service. A young man named Jace is going to be baptized. But, man, it's good, it's good for people to see that. It's good in the end as the person being baptized stands down here and you come up and tell them you're proud of them, you're excited that they've made this commitment to Christ. You can't do that if you're home or anywhere else. It, it, it's just the point. You miss it. You need to make a commitment today that church will be a priority and not a convenience. This verse really stuck on my head. Jesus answered them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call sinners to turn from their sins, not to spend my time with those who think they are already good enough. And so I'd say, people whom I love, do you think that you're good enough to not have weekly checkups with Christ, the great physician? I am here to tell you this morning that I am not. I need the doctor every day for direction, for guidance, for love, for peace, for hope, and for spiritual healing. I'm not spiritual healthy 24-7. I'd, if, if I'd walk away from church today and be gone two or three months, I, I, I hate to say this, but I, I don't think I'd be where I'm at right today with Christ as far as spiritually. I need Jesus to heal me continually, especially in my mind, which gets polluted by the world. It's the only place sometimes that you can find true and total peace here without distractions. Now, those of you that text, you're still distracted. But nonetheless, it, it's that. When I was in the Marine Corps, I, I wasn't, I, I hate to say this because I've gotten reprimanded by Marines. I, they never really turned me into a, a killing machine, if you will. And it was, I, I can't explain boot camp. Some of you have been through it. You understand. But when we was in boot camp, they made you go to church. You either fell out Protestant or Catholic. I wasn't a churchgoer at that time, but I loved church because I knew for an hour I wouldn't be thumped or screamed at or called some ungodly name that they use constantly on you. God knew my name. And for that hour, I was at peace. And I, I think it's like that for some of you. I don't know what your life's like. But I'd say that there are some here this morning that their life, apart from this, is a literal hell. But we won't know that because we've not got that close. We've not got inside each other's skin. But God knows. Why do I love church? It keeps me spiritually fit. And I need to come to church for the sake of this old heart, because it's just like yours. For the sake of my congregation, my family, the family of God, for the sake of my leadership, the sake of my temptability, my witness, my conscience, and my Savior. Do you really love Jesus? Do you really love this church? You need to prove it by coming on a regular basis because you want to, because you desire to, because you feel the need to, because you love God and your fellow brothers and sisters. If you come by here next Sunday and on the doors there's a sign that said out of business, how would you feel about that? 
Would crossroads be missed in this community if we weren't here anymore? Would you miss, miss it? I think that's part of the motivation that, that keeps us wanting to be a part of this place and keeping it building the kingdom. So I, I would hope that we would be missed. If you need to pray this morning, you can come and pray. If you need Christ, you need to pray with. Come on up. Lord, we love you, and thanks for hollering at us this morning, speaking to us. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to my heart and allowing me to do this thing, which you have to empower me because I have no power. Well, I just pray this morning, Lord, as these are my, my this is my family. To my brothers and sisters, and as their pastor, Lord, I just, I just hope they realize how much I love them. When they're in pain, I'm in pain. When they have tragedy, I have tragedy. And Lord, I love them, I lift them up to you, and I think my biggest frustration is I can't fix that. We want to be fixers. Man, we get into some situations only you can fix. Only you can do it. And we realize our place in this, that we are just servants. So right now, whatever's going on in these hearts this morning, Lord, I just pray as you go to them, Holy Spirit, that they're obedient. We ask these things in the precious name of Christ.